Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today I'm chatting to Ewan McFarlane, the former frontman of the bands Grim Northern Social and Apollo 440. Uh, we're going to be talking about his new solo project today. Uh, Ewan, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I'm good, Corby. I'm very, very well. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. It's uh, a pleasure to be chatting to you today. Uh, where where are you? Uh, where are you today, you? And where are you joining us I'm from? Actually, I'm just on the outskirts of Glasgow, um, kind of in a place called East Kilbride, okay. um, which is maybe 15 minute drive into town, so not not too far away. Cool, cool. Is that where you've been based for a while, you and like throughout the pandemic, or have you been sort of moved? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been here throughout the pandemic, just doing doing what I do and kind of just getting through it, really. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's had to sort of adapt in their own way. Really, it's obviously been a been a weird time, hasn't it? Um, how have you been keeping generally, mate? Over the last eighteen months, it's it's been mad for for everyone, especially creatives and, and musicians like yourself. But how how have you been getting on? Generally speaking, have you been sort of finding enough things to keep yourself busy and and, and sort of keep productive? Yeah, you know what? I, I actually I'm a firm believer that the creative types, although although it's obviously been very difficult with regard to finance for, for a lot of people that are in musicians and film and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that I've actually been really good you know and I think that's the same for a lot of creative people because it's let it's really let us concentrate on you know what what we want to do where we're at and where, we, where we're trying to get to so I, I, don't, I don't want to sound as if I'm kind of like you know gloating about it but I've actually had a really fucking lovely time mate <laughs> brilliant brilliant i mean yeah it it has been a crazy time but there's there's been some silver linings aren't there to to this thing like you know being able to i suppose knuckle down have a little bit more spare time on your hands to to um to to get stuck into some new music which is great yeah 100 percent, mate you know i've I've kind of i've never i wasn't planning ever and making a solo album and then kind of all of a sudden lockdown number one came and i thought fuck, what am I going to do? Um, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I just started I started picking up the guitar again. I hadn't been picking up the guitar for, for quite some time because I was, I was doing a lot of electronic stuff, if you like, the Apollo 440. And I went back to my first love, which is the acoustic guitar. And I, mm-hmm. I started, you know, I don't know what you would call it, the traditional songwriting method again. And, fell in love all over which has been it's been great for me yeah that's that's wicked man that's wicked so was it out of just sort of out of necessity and out of coming out of lockdown that that you decided to start the solo project was it just something that you'd been thinking about for a while or i had been getting back into the guitar ever so slightly over the past couple of years and um what happened was the reason i started doing this is because i actually got I got COVID at the start of the first lockdown, and I was I was really really unwell. Um, like it was ridiculous. My my wife was having to wash my hair and wash me and, oh, wow. and stuff like that. It was it was Christ. crazy shit. Yeah. And then from there to try and get myself in a in an acceleration to feeling better, I kind of challenged myself to, to write writing a song a day for for thirty days. And and when when mm-hmm. something like that happens and, and you're throwing yourself into it, all of a sudden 
for me it became much easier. I was churning, churning them out, and I mm-hmm. thought, I just thought I'm really enjoying this, man. I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great, man. That's that's immense. Like 30, 30 songs in thirty days. That's uh, that's quite a challenge to set yourself, mate, isn't it? Was, do, you know, do you know what, Kobe? I was I was completely obsessed. I was like a maniac, and, <laughs> and um, I, I'm very, you know, I used to kind of eat, eat, sleep, and shit music, mm-hmm. just writing mm-hmm. tunes, and I would I would wake up. I would wake up like three, four in the morning after the first ten days, and it was something was happening to me that had never happened before. I was waking up and I had almost written full songs in my sleep. You know, I had I had lyrics, I had melodies, I had guitar parts, and it was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really really interesting for me. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting times, man. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, tell us about this, um, the single, you and um, your debut solo single, Stirring in the City. Um, it's it's a bit of a departure from your previous stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, 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 very much so, very much so, mate. Stirring in the City is obviously, it, it's been released now and it, it received pretty well. Um, yeah, lovely stuff. Just about released one called Underneath Your Spell before... Another one, and then another one called Validated. Then we dropped the album. With regard to the sound, I've always been a a huge fan of guys like Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen. Yes, uh, yeah. I, I just love them. I love the I love the passion to, to what they do, and and and, and more more than that, I actually love the truth. I love how honest they are um, and their songs, mm. and I and I really I really wanted to try and put that across in the music that that I tried to make. Um, I, I, for me, the most the most important thing for being a writer is to pour your heart onto a page and tell your truth. Not everybody likes your truth, mm. but you know that that's just the way it goes. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that's I think that's important though in your artistry, isn't it? Honesty um, and 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 you know doing things in sort of the most transparent way. I think that comes across um, in your music, and then that sort of your fans connect with that as a result. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm totally with. I'm with you on that one. Whereas when so, for example, when we were writing stuff as a as a band with Apollo Four Forty, you kind of get into alter egos if you like yeah, and you were yeah. making up scenarios which are universal scenarios mm-hmm. um, so whereas when you're doing a solo thing it, you have the you have the freedom to just as I said before pour, pour your heart on the paper where your, your pen's your weapon isn't it? Yeah absolutely um, and, and you just all of a sudden as I say you write some things that are Probably difficult for, for for other people that are close to you to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, I think that's part and parcel of being an artist and being a songwriter. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And and this track, um, "Stirring the City," just for our listeners, um, tell us how it sort of differs from your previous previous stuff, you and because, like you said, Apollo Four Forty is a bit more electronic sounding. Um, yeah. This is this has sort of gone back to that sort of gritty you know guitar riffs and, and all that kind of stuff is it's very rock and roll isn't it it is mate yeah it's kind of classic classic four on the floor rock and roll just traditional songwriting methods um you using your your voice to you know i, I was i'm fortunate i was i was blessed with i if there's one thing i've always been able to do is is, is sing 
Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, so I've been very, I'm very thankful for that. And it's kind of putting it all out there. And a lot of melodies, a lot, you know, a lot of melodies and a lot of, you know, singing from the heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and that's, again, it's, it, it's such an enjoyable thing to do. It, it's quite, it's quite liberating. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. I can imagine it is, especially when you're doing everything yourself, kind of from from start to finish. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of that- lock myself in the studio, and I, I kind of I literally when I first started writing the tunes on acoustic guitar, it was acoustic guitar mm. vocals, right down the lyrics away you go, and then I kind of fired up the studio, come up with some drums, guitars, bass, keyboards, backing vocals, and then. Once I had all of that done, which I'd done mostly myself, I then brought in other people that are musician friends to play bass. Um, I, I brought my drummer to come and help me fine-tune the drum parts and mm. stuff like that. Mm. And, and then I, I even I even got I even got my daughters to, to sing, oh, sing some vocals and a, a few of the tunes, which, which is really that was a really cool thing for me as well. Yeah, for sure, man. That's um, that's really nice that you were able to um, to get your daughters involved to uh, to get them to sing on that. That's a nice nice touch, I think. Um, yeah, Swiss, Swiss family Robinson. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's wicked. That's wicked. Um, now the album's coming out soon, isn't it, you? And yeah. is it is it next month, yeah. right? Yeah, it's actually it's going to, the album's going to come out on the 29th of October. Okay. It's, it's a collection of there's going to be 12 tracks on it and, and it's it's a nice wee journey, you know, kind mm-hmm. of I wanted it to dynamically, I wanted it to to, to take you on a roller coaster and take you up and down, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not all four on the floor rock and roll as such. Okay. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of three, four timings and six, eights and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well, so um, it, it, there's, a, there's some there's some there's some beautiful love songs and there's some songs that are pretty in your face uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. So just a wee bit of everything. Oh, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. And I mean, off the call uh, a minute ago, mate, we, we spoke about briefly that, um, you know, you've, in your time in the nineties playing with these bands, you shared shared some stages with some pretty some pretty big names. Um, right. Elvis right. Costello. I'm just reading a few here, man. Elvis Costello, Simple Minds, Prodigy, Muse, Finn Lizzy, Chemical Brothers. Um, yeah. And you, I think you must have some stories to tell us off the back of I've, that, mate. Um, I've, got, but... I've got some good stories. Most <laughs> of them are probably very X-rated, um, which 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 is great. But you know, I've been. Do you know, I've been so lucky. I'm, I was so lucky. I, I decided to... Apollo 440, the last show that I played with the band was just, just over two years ago. Okay. And I always promised myself that as I got older, I, I wouldn't be one of these guys that jumps about the stage being a front man that looks like a really fucking old guy trying yeah. to be cool. <laughs> you know, I just... That, that wasn't me. I just... And I kind of bowed out gracefully... And I'd done my last show, but it was great because we played, we headlined a show in Spain and, and just outside Seville, and there was about 30,000 people at it, wow. which was brilliant, you know. So, bowed out gracefully, and then all of a sudden, here I am doing a completely different thing. No doubt the rest of the guys in Apollo 440 are thinking, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that's all right. I'm, I, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah fair enough man fair enough and before we chat about um 
uh, what you're doing uh, now on the live side. Um, have you got any um, stories from from those times with the band that uh, that not that are not so X-rated? Like cherry pick a couple of um, memorable me- memorable I've moments for us. I've got some great stories. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a couple of snippets. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I don't know. You're probably too young to remember them. Just we used to have a a kind of Brits football tournament back in the nineties. Okay, um, and it was all over the news and all over the papers because it was the the blood oasis type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Apollo four forty were in this tournament, and we were actually some decent footballers in that team. Mm. However, you know, so but it was. Hulk were there, uh, Blur, Oasis, uh, the Blue Tone, Shed 7, everybody was there back then. And Apollo 440 were like the only electronic rock and roll band. <laughs> um, so we were very out of place. And I remember being in the dressing room and I had on a pair of uh, Adidas Keglers, which were quite a sought-after pair of trainers at the time. And yeah, Liam, yeah. Gall- Liam Gallagher came up and says, I've got those trainers, man. I've got them. I've got them in Germany. And I'm like, all right, all right cool. He, said, and he, he was trying to offer me a bit of gear before I went out to, to, to play some football. Um, and, and I looked at him and I said, are you serious, mate? I says, I'm here to win this tournament. And he started laughing. You know, we had a really good giggle about yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. And needless to say, we actually went on and won the tournament oh. and I scored the hat-trick in the final. So oh, that was mate. pretty cool. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and then uh, other stories. I've got loads, I've got loads. Um, <laughs> what else happened? One of my old mates used to be very, very close to Noel's first wife, Meg. Mm. And um, they went away for a break in the Caribbean and she had the keys to the house. So we literally crashed out at Noel's for three weeks when he lived in Kensington High Street. It was lovely. So I'd like, I'd like to give him a late thank you for his hospitality. He didn't even know it was in his house, but that was lovely. <laughs> Um, and I mean, literally, honestly, loads and loads. I can I, imagine, mate. Yeah, I, I picked yeah. up the guitar, and at the time, Robbie, Robbie had just left, take that, yeah. um, and he moved into our area, and he kind of befriended us. He was, a, he was, a, he was, a, he was a nice guy, and so I kind of showed him some chords on the guitar and got him into songwriting and stuff as well. And then before you know it, it was, it was selling out to 250,000 people. And I was like, holy fuck, how did that happen? Um, So loads, I mean, there's hundreds, absolutely hundreds. I I was managed at the time when I lived in London, I was managed by a guy called Bill Kirbishley, who was a massive, massive manager. And he managed The Who and Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I had the privilege of going out to, parties and, and dinner with these guys and it was kind of I was just a young a young kid that moved down from Scotland from a council estate <laughs> and all of a sudden I was I was in the room with fucking Robert Plant and Jimmy Page oh, come scr- on. scratching my head thinking what the fuck thinking what going? thinking what did I do right I bet. <laughs> it, was, it was mental. It was absolutely, it's nice for me to look at, do you know what, there's probably a great book in there, it's, there's so many stories. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure there is, mate, and I'm, I'm sure we could, uh, we could chat all day about it, but um, no, that's great, that's great, uh, great memories. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the plan for you now, Ewan? Are you are you looking to take this album out on the road once it's once it's out in the world? Are you are you gearing up for live shows? Have you been doing a little bit of a little bit of that already? Or yeah, what's the plan, mate? 
Yeah, I've not played live as yet, um, Colby, but that is the plan. So I've, I've got I've got uh, some great musicians that are that are helping me out. Um, as I say, we're, we're rehearsing we're rehearsing tonight in Glasgow, Wait, and from from there we've got a an, a touring agents came on board. A guy called Mark Jarvis, and mm, mm. he's kind of looking into get getting his bookings and stuff like that. But I'm also I take great joy in doing acoustic gigs as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it, it, it's great when you can do that and you can just take your guitar and play and play a thirty or 40, 45 minute set because the or it's minimal organisation. So if somebody pulls out of a support, for example. Mm, mm. And I get a phone call. I'm there right away. So that that's and, and I always enjoy that. I like the challenge of getting up there with just one instrument. Yeah. And for me, for me, it's the most honest, purest form of music. Either you know a guy where you know a, a musician with a, a voice and a guitar yes. or a voice and a piano. I think there's there's something really beautiful about that, and it's a challenge to try and captivate an audience there as well. Yeah, I can imagine. And and I hundred percent agree with you, mate. It's, it, it's sort of the most intimate form of, of of musical performance, I think, isn't it? When it's um, when it's just um, one man or one girl with their guitar, and it's it's just um, yeah, excellent. I think it sounds like you've missed it quite a lot playing playing yeah, shows, I'm mate. Looking, I've got a couple of acoustic gigs booked back in just to get me back into the swing of things again. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's been such a long time, and, and as, I, as I said before, I was very privileged to play in good shows with, you know, when we were with Apollo 440, we went out with the Prodigy, we went out with the Chemical Brothers, mm-hmm. and you know, it was great, great shows, great fun, but it's just, you know, the, I, I might do acoustic shows and there might only be 40 people at a show, or a couple of hundred, whatever it may be, and mm-hmm. that for me... That for me is just as important and, and just as exciting yeah. as play, as playing in front of eighty thousand people on a beach. Yes, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's it's just a, a completely different dynamic, um, and it's nice to be able to to say that you've played those big stages, but also can now you know you know scale that show down and uh, and yeah. perform to a small a small intimate crowd. Um, and and get the same kind of results, which is uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, when you play when you play Colby, when you play in front of small intimate crowds, it can be it can be quite intimidating because you can see the whites of people's eyes yeah. because they're right in front of you. As opposed to when you're on a big stage, you've got you've got the stage, you've got you know the space before the barrier, and then it, it, so people are further away. Can uh, but when, this, yeah. when they're close yeah. to you, if you, especially if it's only you and one instrument, mm. if if you make a mistake, well, it's you can't turn around and blame anybody else because <laughs> you're so you're so solely responsible for all your own shit that you've yeah. created. Well, exactly, exactly. Uh, mate, it's been um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today, Ewan. Thank you so much yeah. for your time, mate. Likewise, buddy. You have a good one, okay? Thanks for having me. It's all good. All the best with everything you've got going on, you and, and um, hopefully we'll catch up very soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Cheers, fella. Bye now. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.